This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. On today's show, the guys discuss where do we go now? No, it's not a multifaceted discussion on Guns N' Roses' sweet child of mine and its direct relationship to math test scores. That's for another show. In this episode, we start chipping away at the why. Before any great quest, we have to decide on our ultimate destination. There's also a Google tip of the week and so much more up next on EduTech Guy. <laughs> EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to EduTech Guys. I'm David Henderson. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, downloading, listening, all that good stuff. All that good stuff. So glad to be back. Hey, oh, and don't miss us on the web. You can go out to Google, like I have said. Well, you know, I didn't last year because we weren't really on. But as I said before, <laughs> go out to Google, type in EduTech Guys. You're going to find us smiling back at you with these cherub-like faces that we have. Yeah. Also on social media, just at EduTechGuys. You're going to find us out there. Hey, we're really excited about this season, and what we're looking at is getting back to school, because that's a big deal right now. Everybody knows we're, we're going back to school. Now, uh, at the time of this recording, there are some changes going on with new variants of the, the COVID-19 and yeah. stuff like that. So it will play itself out. For all we know, in, in a few episodes, we might be talking about, well, we're back to <laughs> learning from home again. So. <laughs> But you never know. But it's still the why. And I think that's how we structured our episodes coming up and our guests is we are now creating um, good self-learners. You know, we're creating a whole new learning system that doesn't stop at the schoolhouse doors. It kind of goes home. It does the whole thing. So, uh, you know, pretty cool stuff. We're pretty excited about it. And we both agree that we're ready to get back out to the conferences and see our folks face to face. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm so ready to have conversations. Not not that I don't enjoy our conversations, I do. But it's it's I'm very excited to get to sit down with our our friends that we've known for several years that we hadn't had a chance to see for a couple of years. Uh, sit down with folks that we've never met before and just 
have folks share their story, what they've been up to, what education looks like for them now, how things have changed, maybe what are some things they were doing kind of pre-pandemic that really hadn't changed because they were already doing some things, prepping their kids for what is now the air quotes new normal. Yeah, the air quotes new normal. <laughs> Prepping their kids. And and I think that's a, this today's discussion it'll be a really cool one talking about some of that information. Sure. I'll tell you what we're going to do first though is you're going to give us time to shuffle our papers, get our notes together, take a listen from one of our sponsors, friends, people that we just like to support. So here comes a quick commercial, uh, commercial, and uh, we'll be right back after this. Hey, thanks for listening to the EduTech Guys. If you'd like to find out more about sponsoring the EduTech Guys or bringing them to your school district for professional development and so much more, just head out to the web at edutechguys.com. And don't forget, you can also find us on social media at EduTechGuys. Hey, welcome back. It's time to jump into the show, and uh, we're, today's show is, you know, we're, we're looking for, where do we go now? Yeah. Where, where, are, we, where are we moving as, as, a, as an area, and what's the, uh, what's the perfect question? You know, like, that's a great way to start it. Where do we go now? I don't know. <laughs> well, we've all been in the car with our family and go, where everybody want to eat? Well, oh, my gosh. Don't even. <laughs> I think that is a universal, you know, problem. It, you know, whether you're just with your wife, your girlfriend, or the entire family, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, well, let's go to Kentucky. I don't want chicken. I don't, you know. Yeah, yeah. How about we go to Pizza Hut? No, uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you always do this? Yeah. It's just, you know, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't care as long as it's none of the places I don't want to go to. But, you know, that brings us in to where we're dealing with education because in our school districts, in our state education agencies, in our, you know, our uh, service agencies, everybody has their opinion where they want to go. Sure. And so the first person to, to step up and say, well, they're the first person to get attacked. Yeah. And it's going it's, to, so we can actually liken what's happening and it could be any organization, but in education, this is like choosing where we're going to eat. Yeah. Because everybody's going to go, no, I don't like, you know, RTI. I don't care for reading first. I don't want math, blah, blah, blah. It should be taught this way. Okay, well, you ask me to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts putting in their two cents. And and I think that's what we're seeing with parent surveys and, and staff surveys at this point. We're seeing people give their opinions. Oh, well, sure. And, and I, to me, I think, I think one of the biggest issues uh, that – and one of my biggest – Pet peeves and, frankly, gripes is when you have a district asking, you know, they're asking, okay, where do we go now? Now that, you know, we are coming back to school for uh, like every other state other than Arkansas, we've already been in school. But but even, even with the modified instruction that we had last year, you know, the question is now, you know, okay, well, where do we go? And invariably, there are so many districts who, where they want to go, they want to go back to the place that they've always <laughs> eaten, right? Exactly. They want to, they, they completely want to negate all of the amazing integrated combination learning that was done over this last year. And well, we just want to go back to the way it was. Why? Why do you want to go back to the way it was? You're not going anywhere if you're doing that. You're stepping backwards. I guess you're technically going backwards, but you're not going forward. You're not moving ahead. If all you're concerned with is let's put all of the 
technology that we got last year, but just put that on the shelf. Or the kids can kind of use it in classroom, maybe. What? No. Why? Why in the world you want to do that? Well, you know, and you're exactly right. It's just like the quarantine and the pandemic. One thing that happened here is we we learned we could cook our own bread. <laughs> we learned to eat healthier, and we started working out and walking in nature. And we learned these things that were good for us. And that same thing happened in education. We learned that we could let students work on that autodidactism. We could learn that they could take a little bit more responsibility for their learning and their education. And parents could also... So why in the world would we go back to that hamburger joint with the greasy hamburgers when we know we need vegetables and we know we need that outside air? Man, you hit that one on the head. I mean, that is completely true. I think what's going to happen is, and it's what's happening now, we're getting test scores from last year and they're bottoming out. Now, sure. we, if you didn't think that was going to happen, then you're a moron. There, I said it. You know, that was going to happen. I mean, there was, we were, we were asking our children to learn to learn in a new mm-hmm. way and our teachers to teach in a new way and parents to accept this. So we were going to have that issue. We were going to see test scores. We were going to see learning. You know, there's that, that whole, we lost a whole year of learning. We've, we've, we've lost blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, that's going to happen in any learning environment when you completely change the destination. You know, it's like all the sci-fi movies, asteroid heading to Earth, we've got to get to Mars. Well, we hadn't really been prepping to get to Mars. Well, we, we got eight months. A lot changes. A lot goes wrong. We learn a lot of bad things, that, right. <laughs> you know, but inevitably we get better at it because we've actually expedited the whole process. Sure. And I think we should look at education and what has happened in the quarantine and the pandemic as an expedition expediated, you know what I'm trying to say, (laughs) version of where we're heading and, you know, what we need to expect from our students and our parents and our community. This actually gives us the ability to encompass a large group of people Mm -hmm. because now we don't need to lose the foothold that we've had. I've seen some survey stuff come back that says, Oh, I didn't have enough information. The teachers and schools didn't keep in touch with me enough. And But, you know, there's a really interesting part. Um, it's all about asking the right question. True. And we have learned, if anything, that we need to be more transparent and open with our with our parents and our community so they can they don't feel afraid to ask the right questions. And and that's a great question for a school district, for a school to ask themselves, are my parents comfortable coming up here? are getting in touch with me and asking me the hard question. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a real big one. And so where do we go now? Where do we go from here? I think that's a multifaceted list that is going to be pretty huge, pretty huge list. Well, and I think you touched on a, a very key point, and that is, you know, uh, when education shifted to at-home learning, um, it should have, and and I, and I realize it's not 100% happened this way, but um, a lot of the responsibility was shifted from that classroom teacher onto the household wherever that child was learning. So, you know, as you said, you know, that brings that straight back to community, to the family, to the students themselves, grasping 
more of that responsibility. And and I think in terms of where do we go, that needs to continue. Schools need to step up and say, listen, this is your responsibility. You know, granted, it's always been your responsibility, should have been your responsibility. We let that go for a long, long time. Having everybody at home showed us, showed you, hopefully, as students, parents, community leaders, you know, that the responsibility or, or a chunk of the responsibility falls on the learner and those who are directly responsible for that learner's education. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be it would just it would be a huge mistake to take that responsibility and that ownership back into the districts. No, 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 no. You got to leave that out there. Yep. And make sure that through that openness, through that communication, through asking the hard questions, both on the district side and on the community side, you know, the, the, or as, as the vernacular is the stakeholder side, mm. you know, we got we to gotta address those and we got to be prepared to ask them and then figure out what are the answers to those hard questions. You know, I think you hit it on, hit it on the head with that. And one of the things that I've, I've really embraced lately is I feel like it, the changes that we've seen in our country in the last 24 months uh, and in the world in the last 24 months, we should talk to our students the same way we should talk to our parents and vice versa. It should be that's how open and transparent the conversations are with a teacher and a student and a teacher and a parent. That way the parent knows exactly what we're saying to their children. Mm-hmm. And the children know exactly what we're saying to their parents or guardians. I mean, I think that is a huge deal. The interesting thing that has to happen is a lot of our educators don't know how to do that. Oh, sure. And, you know, we're, we're looking for reasons to decide, you know, why we want to go back to the other way. Because the other way was once I shut that door to my classroom, my fiefdom is secure. Right. The moat is in place and the drawbridge yeah. is up. <laughs> exactly. They will not come forth and yes. <laughs> and catch me, you know, or, you know, watch what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. But that's how you grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, you know, as a musician, you're on stage, you're playing for everybody and, you know. 80, 100 people in a room, 80 are like, ah, great show. 20 go, hey, you know, you're out of tune on that one tune and you missed that eighth note there and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I need to grow from that. I don't need to get upset about it. Right. I go, hey, well, the next time I play that show, I need to play it better. And that's how educators should be looking at this opportunity. And I think when we allow students to, to, get, to grasp the concept that they can be self-learners, mm-hmm. You know, and there's that word autodidactic or, you know, I've been hanging on it. It's a fun word. Um, I don't know. I can't just say self-learners. But anyway, (laughs) but, you know, that to me is a scary situation for teachers because in a classroom of 24 kids, um, you have 24 different ideas about how they learn. Sure. And you have to deal with that in the way you teach and how everyone else is learning. Mm -hmm. And and. That does bring on itself a huge challenge of, you know, how do I break this down? And, and there's that scary word that teachers hate, and but the administrator love data, you yeah. know? I mean, but it, it, but it is to me where we're going. I mean, we've now seen that Jeff can sleep until noon and get up and get all of his work done in an hour and then go do whatever else he wants to. And you know, David can actually do everything on Tuesday and be done for the rest of the week. And then some of us have to, you know, I need synchronous learning. I need to, to zoom in and watch this thing happen in right. 24-7. And I think a group of educators making that decision without any valid 
um, data to back it because some of the survey responses I've seen from teachers reflect that kind of thought. Like, you know, they don't know. So if they don't know, there means there's no data from their classroom for the administrators to be making these decisions, and there's no data from their school districts and administration for departments of eds and districts to be making those decisions. Sure. And I, I think we're back to, okay, what's the organizational chart? What's the workflow? What are, what are we trying to achieve? And maybe that's the problem that, you know, it, it's like this funding that's going on. You know, we have ECF funding, we have uh, ESSER funding, we have blah, blah, blah funding, and here's a billion dollars to put men on the moon, you know. We've got the police ready to sing the theme song. And, you know, I mean, so it's, it's ridiculous. But I think it needs to be less is more. Like, here's our top five, ten things we need to do first. Mm-hmm. And that's where I believe we need to go next. Yeah, I think and, – and, and part of that is – and depending on – as you're listening to this, depending on where your district is or where you fit into the the scope of your district in terms of where do you go now, you know, it, it can start – you've got to start somewhere. So you've got to have that, that – conversation you, you you've got to look at the data and and you and and by you I, I don't mean just you individually uh, you yes individually but you with your particular um, what, whatever your team looks like and then you know that is going to grow uh, you know upward in terms of chain of command and outward in terms of community and other stakeholders and Taking a look, a good, hard, honest look at that data and seeing what did you do right and celebrate those and where are the points of pain that are going to require some some growth and some adjustment and then ultimately you decide where are you going from here. Where do we go now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting uh, to wrap that up. Um, if you're listening to this as an educator, stay on top of your school district. Stay on top of your school. If you're listening to this as an administrator, please reach out to not just your teachers, but and not just your parents, but the community, mm-hmm. because everybody's involved in this now. We're we're, we're looking at a whole new uh, worlds of uh, education and and you know stuff we're dealing with. It's almost like a Star Trek episode because you've got SEL, social emotional learning. We've yeah. got all kinds of stuff coming down the pipe that we need to deal with that is not just reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. And so, you know, stay on top of that. Uh, one way we like to stay on top of things is uh, the, the Google tip of the week. And uh, we have a Google tip of the week again. So do we do we still sing the song? I don't know. Do we? We can. We we have to get Matt Dozier from East <laughs> yeah. back on here to sing. Right. You know, right. we just need to record him doing it. And then we'll just change the backing every time. Like one week it'll be country and the next week it'll be, you know, Scottish, <laughs> you know, aeolian pipes and the whole bit. So, yeah, it's time for the uh, Google tip of the week. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. So this week's Google tip of the week comes from uh, Richard uh, Byrne. Uh, and it's a great tip on his website. It's getting started with Google Forms, the basics, and more. And we can't stress enough Google Forms because now you can create quizzes and tests. You get that data right out there real quick. It comes back to you in graph formats and all that great stuff and in an Excel spreadsheet. Well, and one of the really cool things that you can do with Google Forms, if you've not messed around with the uh, branching logic that's available in Google Forms, where basically that means if a student picks answer A, then they go to this other question. And if they 
pick answer B. They go to this other question. It is wonderful for developing formative type stuff. So for an example, let's say you give a student an addition question and they get it right, then maybe you're going to move on to multiplication, where if the student gets that particular addition problem wrong, Hmm. then instead of moving them forward, you take them to a different question, all in the same form, right. and maybe you provide them with a, a different addition problem. And, and, you know, and then, of course, you know, it can kind of grow from there, but you can, you can gauge where, what, what that student's thought process was based on you know, kind of the path they took to get to the end of that, which is really cool. And then uh, a, a different approach to that branching logic type stuff is uh, you could have students create choose-your-own-adventures mm. that demonstrate their content knowledge on whatever subject you're teaching, whatever unit it is, whatever whatever lesson you have, where they can go in and create their own you know, choose. You, know, you you read a little paragraph, and then they and then you then the the person filling out that form, quote unquote form, uh, they choose based on you know what they want to do, and then again demonstrating that content knowledge. If the person gets it wrong, you know, or or they choose this particular path, where does that go? And if they choose a different path, where does that go? And yeah. And there's just all kinds of really cool stuff you can do with Google Forms. Tremendous. And so, you know, want to check that out. It's Richard Burns' website, freetech, F-R-E-E-T-E-C-H-4, the number four, teachers.com. That name of that article is Getting Started with Google Forms, the basics and more. Really great stuff. David talked about some really cool stuff it does. Uh, Richard covers stuff like, you know, scoring quizzes that have more than one correct answer, which mm-hmm. is the same concept there. Um, how to require complete sentences. So Ooh, you can nice. actually put that in Google Form. Um, how to combine. Google Forms into one giant one if you want to, or make them lead to other ones, just like you were talking about, and how to create QR codes for Google Forms so Ooh. that the kids can use their mobile devices and even their Chromebooks and things like that to get the job done. Awesome. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Very cool. Hey, listen, uh, coming up for us in the future episodes, we're right back working with the East Initiative, and yeah. we're going to start having some East updates as the crew at East starts sending us more information and their little interviews and, and highlights that they're going to share with us. And maybe we can get old Matt Dozier back on here to, to you know shoot the bull with us sometime and sing the Google Tip of the Week uh, theme song. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we love making this show. We love visiting with educators, hearing your stories at events all across the nation. And if you are listening and or you're going to you would like to share this with a vendor that you're uh, aware of that you deal with, uh, help us continue spreading the love by sponsoring either the show, the conferences, uh, the conference appearances or both. You can visit edutechguys.com slash sponsors to find out how you can help keep the edutech guys train around roll it and get your name or company in the markets that you may not currently be in. Hey, we hope you had a great time with us today and we've had a great time with you. So keep up with us on the social media, Instagram, the whole bit at edutechguys. Don't forget to visit us on the web at edutechguys.com. And I'll tell you what, we'll be here pretty soon next with a, next time with another great episode, um, some new guests talking about why and where do we go from now. Hey, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm David Henderson. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the EduTech Guys, edutechguys.com. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. 
But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all. all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.